We have another catch-up with a former player who's not playing footy anymore, but he's playing out in the big wide world, which is really cool. We've already caught up with Mark Ramby and Casey Lalala. Today we're catching up with Fora Taranaki Bull and former Chief Mitch Graham from front row to goodness me. What a business change you've had, Mitch. Welcome in. Yeah, great. It's a bit of a change for the world, isn't it? It sure is, mate. It sure is. I I do want to touch on your playing days first of all, though. Um, I think you had a game for Canterbury the year they won the Premiership, and then you transferred to Taranaki and you won that Premiership. So you're the golden goose? Oh, I don't know about that. I... um... Was lucky to get onto the field. I think I got a yellow card and with ten minutes to go, and that forced their hand, forced their hand, and put me on the field to catch a Canterbury. But so I don't really claim that one. Um, but there was a lot of change in the act when I arrived there, and it was a pretty awesome year and a pretty awesome group of group of men. So what, we were pretty pretty awesome. What took you to Taranaki? Because you were, I, I'm pretty sure you were born and raised in um, Waikato and Matamata, but you went to university in Canterbury and then you ended up in Taranaki. Yeah, um, Canterbury wasn't really, rugby-wise, wasn't really doing it for me. I wasn't tracking through the, the thick stocks of Canterbury rugby as much as I wanted to be. So having just finished my degree, um, I decided to a little bit give up the ghost, but I knew there was opportunity in Taranaki. So I went and got a job in the NACI, um in the oil and gas industry. And it's pretty good industry for a chemical engineer, so... That's what took me there, and then rugby took off from there. Yeah, it did. You had a, you had a lot of games for Taranaki, and as I say, your first season there, you won the premiership, you beat Tasman in the final, uh, which mm-hmm. James Marshall always reminds me of. Um, <laughs> and then, I bet he does. Yeah, and then you went off to the Chiefs and um, enjoyed some time there. But 2017, um, I, I don't like to bring it up, but you had a horrific leg break at the Brisbane 10s, and also, I understand, at about the same time, Sione Loaki, one of the great chiefs, he passed away as well. That's um, that's a lot to take on, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, Sione, I didn't know the man, but from the boys that we played with at the teams, we were kind of playing in memory of him. Um, it was an absolute legend of the chiefs region, but unfortunately, I didn't get to meet the guy. Um, but yeah, I was in the nick of my life and pretty ready for an awesome season, and Things well, my leg fell a bit in that tens tournament, and nothing, nothing really came right. Unfortunately, mm. um, we had five operations, and no one knows what's wrong. But I got a dicky leg, and it is what it is. So it's still a dicky leg now. Yeah, it is. It is. I I can do everything I want to do, but um, I mean, it hurts to run. Um, if I go on big hikes, it starts getting a bit sore, and I limp a bit, and. As my wife says, I turn white and look like I'm a I'm about to fall over and faint. So um, it's not a great thing to have, but um, I can do everything I want to do. I can I coach a local team, uh, they are half a rugby club, and um, run around with them and bully them a little bit. And because of my size, which is nice, but um, yeah, I, I can do it to a point, but I'll pay for it the next day. Mm. You, you had, I think, after that leg break, you just mentioned you had five ops, so I think you had four in three years. Looking back at that period in your life now, what did that what did that teach you? What did that enhance in your life? I could imagine resilience, I guess patience. What what emotions and challenges did you go through? Um shit. Uh still it's still pretty challenging. Mm. Um 
thinking back, it still probably hurts a bit. It was probably one of the toughest times of my life would be the simplest way of putting it. It, um, it was pretty much every eight weeks I had a oh, sorry, I had an operation and then I had a six to eight week period of return to rugby, but about at that four to six week mark when I started running at 50% weight and those fancy machines that lift you up, um, the pain was still there. So it was, this isn't working, but I've still got another four weeks of trying to make it work. And then, um, yeah, it was just getting pretty much smashed back every two to three months, which isn't easy. Um, I, yeah, as you can probably hear, I've, it's still, it's still pretty challenging, but it, it taught me a lot. It taught me to, how to process things, I suppose, would be the biggest one. I was in the worst mentally in my life over those two years as well. Yeah. Um, and But I met my wife because of it, so you can't feel too bad about that. Um, and uh, as much as I would have loved to play rugby for another 10, 20 years, who knows, um, I'm probably going to thank someone for that um, with my back and knees and hips and everything else in 30 years time when I'm 50 and still hopefully able to do something. <laughs> <laughs> did it did it make you look back once you realized that the rugby the rugby career was over? I mean you were you were lucky in a respect that you it looks like you took your study seriously as you mentioned chemical engineering and I straight away thought is that breeding roosters with two heads or something like that but <laughs> it's clearly not because you went oil and gas but were you were you dedicated to post career early career if that makes sense yeah no i i i was probably lucky that school rugby didn't really crank up for me i i played first 15 and missed out on all the regional waikato teams and stuff like that so i was always going to go to uni i always was going to study well do something for, to prepare for life after rugby but it's probably that I didn't take my rugby career too seriously because I missed out on so many teams until about that 22, 23-year-old mark when I was in the Waikato Canterbury Academy and starting to progress pretty well then. Um, and by that stage, I was already 90% of the way in, so I kind of had to keep going. Um, it was when I probably when I made the 20s trials, I realised that maybe I could play footy at a level that could be worth something, I suppose. Might be a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I guess. Um, it, before that, I probably didn't trust my skills or my speed because my speed was no, never there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you went to the Brisbane Tens. I was like, what's a prop doing yeah. at the Tens? <laughs> <laughs> we played a very different type of rugby in that Tens. It was um, very forward dominated and we ran through those little backs that they tried to place against us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, like, I've, I, back in the days, have a bit to do with the Hurricanes boys and, uh, and I know that they tried really hard through a guy called Steve Simons to um, work on their professional development and some hungered for it, some thirsted for it. They were like sponges. They they wanted to cash in on the the opportunity, not cash in money wise, but the opportunities that are afforded them. Because these big corporates will sponsor rugby players and rugby teams, and there's a there's a handshaking opportunity and a conversation opportunity. Whereas some players were just, I'm a rugby player, full stop, and it was it was quite hard to get them enthused. What do you think is the importance for developing players to 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 have a plan B, a life B? Oh, um, and my time there, I, I think it's 
been a big problem for players, um, particularly the young guys that come straight from school. Mm. I think it's pretty scaring, scary watching, not some of them waste that time, but some of them probably not take it as serious as they could and really, really putting some effort into it because I mean, it's, it's not a lifetime rugby. Um, some of us, it's three years. Some of it, at the, at the best, it's kind of 15 years. And if you're incredibly lucky, you're a um, Richie McCord, Dan Carter, that's probably set you up for life. But 90% of us, it sets us up till we're out of it, I suppose, and it gets us a massive foot up. So it's huge. Um, there's no doubt about it. I'm a big, big advocate for it. Mm. Um, and I, I tried to make the most of every moment we had in that area. I kept studying um, once I finished my degree just to get another feather to my cap, I suppose. I was trying to study economics, but um, once rugby finished up, I decided that working was probably more important than finishing off that degree. So I don't have that on five papers away, I think, which is a bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, and I can always go back there one day, but I don't think I will. Um, but it's, it's a huge and a massive opportunity. No, 90% of businesses probably don't pay you to prepare for your next career mm. um, or your next job. Um, no one prepares you for your next job. No one wants to lose you. So to have that and be paid to do that and probably have all the fees and stuff paid as well, you're mad to waste it, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but I'm in the lucky position that I was doing it and I was driven by my parents probably to have a plan B um, because um, they they were probably good grounders for me and set me up in that pathway a little bit, a fair bit, actually. That's awesome. And now, with all of that bad luck, I guess you were due some good luck. And a, a long story short, you set up a business called WorkM. They supplied disinfectants and sanitizers. You you planned it. You scoped the market. You launched November 2019. <laughs> and then yep. four or five months later, we are in lockdown, queuing at the supermarket <laughs> to buy disinfectant and sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, lucky timing. Yeah. Um, you've got to have a little bit of luck in life. Um, I had made the decision to go down this pathway. It suited my chemical background pretty well. I'm learning, still learning sales. Sales is something that I'm figuring out and seeing which way suits me in that respect, but um, bloody lucky. And it set me up really well um, in terms of paying off a bit of business debt and getting me through that first can be really tough time. Um, but then things got tougher because all everyone got stopped up and everyone went back. Everyone long term got back, went back to their suppliers and locked their doors. In terms of my target market, aged care and hospitals and um, even vets and stuff like that. So they've kind of shut their doors for three years and not wanted to make a decision and change due to lack of staff, lack of time, lack of um, certainty, I suppose. So. It's been a grind since then, but we're starting to see some open doors now, which is really exciting. So we're talking to former Taranaki and Chiefs prop uh, Mitch Graham. Finally, Mitch, um, bit of advice. Let, let's let's try a bit of advice. What's what's one of the business challenges? Like you can do all of the planning, all of the forecasting, all of that. But what's what what's the business challenge you weren't expecting? 
Oh, I think I'm probably too fresh to be giving advice to anyone in business. Um, but <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm only three years in, and <laughs> no, I'm sort of, but, I'm, no, I see where you're coming. I have a bit of a think on that. Um, like a rugby player think, who's finishing and wants to go into business, what's the one thing you say? Hey, mate, I didn't think this would happen, but it did. Um, I think roll with the punches because I've been knocked back, even with the real positive thing of. COVID, business is not a straight path and it. You have this big run that you think you're going awesome and then you'll have this blip that you disappear from the world for maybe two months and it's pretty challenging. Um, but in terms of a rugby player going into work, um, I think the big thing is structuring your life. Learning how to do that is probably the hardest thing. Um, in terms, you, at work, at rugby, you're just given your day on a platter. Yeah. And here you've got to self-motivate and self-plan and really figure out what needs to be done every day and being ahead of the game and ahead of everyone else every hour, let alone every day. So mm. that would be probably my biggest challenge when I first started. I'm starting to get, well, I'm not starting to. I'm in a bit of a groove now, which is nice after three years. I'm sure it happened a wee while ago. But for that first year, it was pretty challenging to really find how to run your own business, first of all, but especially with no structure involved around it. Um, really having to do both, learn how to run a business and learn how to structure your day. Mm, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I repeatedly hear that structure your day thing is the biggest challenge. And for people that haven't been yeah. a professional athlete, we're going, what are you talking about? You get up, you have a shower, you go to work. But for a rugby player, it's you've got to be at the base at 8.30. We've got yoga till 10. Then we have our protein shake. Then we do weights. Then we've got to the session then we do that and then you do that and then you go home and it's all structured yeah. for you but you're right uh, pretty you... much on a platter and you can't if you're late you get in trouble so you know how to follow a schedule <laughs> but yeah it's, it's almost like you're a school kid mm. um you go back to being a school kid as an adult and then you become suddenly an adult with all responsibility but you all you've only known the other way mm. luckily i worked beforehand so it probably took me not less time but i understood a little bit how to find that structure a bit easier. Mm. Brilliant. Mitch, really yeah. enjoyed chatting to you today, mate, and I'm pleased things are going well and you've you've had some valleys and you've had some highs and uh, you, you're still learning along the way. I think it's just a, a brilliant message and uh, I really appreciate your time today, Mitch. Thanks heaps. Thank you very much for the chat. Eh? It's good catching up.